that's what they hear, even though that's not what's coming out of my mouth. Um, and he's probably like, this girl, you know, it's crazy. But, um, but that was my faith that was like, if God has called me to something, he's going to provide everything, even the actual ability to do it. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Dan and today we're back with Kat and Chris recording remotely. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing Fantastic. So um, it's been a while since we last talked, a couple of weeks. Uh, Things are very, uh, very different now. How are you guys doing? What have you been entertaining yourselves with, listening, reading, that kind of thing? I've been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) What, Gordon Ramsay? It's so good. (laughs) It's not 2009, Chris. I know, but, you know, last time we talked about what streaming services we would keep. Yeah. Amazon Prime is doing bits for me at the moment. (laughs) I mean, politics aside, let's not... Let's not get into all that right now. But sure. um, yeah, no, Gordon's been, he's been keeping me entertained. Nice. I've been, um, I've actually not been watching that much TV. Oh, which is, right. I feel like, it's quite a surprise. No, because I usually watch Showing so off much there, Netflix. Um, but I've been doing a bit of baking. I've been, um, I've been doing the Joe Wicks uh, workouts. Um, not at the time that he's doing it. I usually do them before then. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a blast. Wait, just on that though, like how are people feeling about waking up? Cause I feel like it's getting harder. <laughs> it is definitely getting harder by the day. The thing is though, I'm, I think I'm getting more sleep now than I did previously. Cause obviously you cut out any commute or yeah. having to get out of the house really early. So I think I'm sleeping more now than ever. But I'm also more tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's something that's defying logic there. I think it's because I can, for me anyway, I can't speak for your your morning's practices, but um, I feel like I'm very much just kind of rolling out of, of bed into shower, into work. Whereas I feel like the commute kind of helps wake you up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of people are doing like a morning commute, um, just like walking around the block. I, I don't know if you've seen anyone do that, but they they see the importance of having to get out of the house before they start their work day so they'll leave their door walk for 20 minutes and and obviously end up back at their house um so i I quite like that idea i haven't tried it i mean we've been quite a few weeks in isolation i still haven't tried it but um (laughs) yeah i guess the option is the the option is out there i think it's a great (laughs) idea but the only downside to that does that count as your one walk a day because that's quite sad (laughs) i I think we're in dangerous territory and I would not like to endorse uh, anything I shouldn't be endorsing. So I would say, um, I would say, yes, it does count as, as your exercise. So you're suggesting don't get out of the way too early because then you're indoors. All yeah, because that's, that's what I like. So I think what I've been trying to do, and don't quote me on this because I haven't been doing it every single day, um, but I've been trying to wake up at the same time as I would normally and then use the extra time for like, workout or spending some time reading the bible um and things like that so i feel i feel like that way it will help me keep in that routine when i go back to work and i have to wake up earlier Mm, it makes sense i don't know if you guys have been listening to brene brown's podcast or heard of brene brown i've heard of do not know much more than the name 
Okay, you should check her out. So she wrote a couple of books, which titles uh, escape me now, but uh, really, really good books about vulnerability and leadership. But this is a podcast that's basically exploring some of those concepts that she has in her books, but also looking kind of wider at um, how do we cope in new circumstances, looking at kind of calmness, looking at anxiety, um, looking at loads of different kind of subjects of, of kind of personal and mental health, that kind of thing. Um, but she just has a lot of wisdom, but she also sounds like the kind of person that you just want to be her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> She's really relatable. So, um, I've been listening to, to that, um, and would recommend that to, to you guys and to anyone listening. Um, there is some choice language in it, just a little disclaimer. So if that's not your kind of thing, maybe not, uh, maybe not the podcast for you, but, um, definitely some wisdom in there about how to cope in, in environments where we're out of our depth a little bit, out of our comfort zone. And how do we best respond in that situation? And that's quite relevant for now, right? For sure. I like Brené Brown. I remember I've seen a TED talk from her. So yeah. I can say from that, sounds like a good endorsement. Might have to give it a listen. Do, Kat. You, you'll absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, so today on the podcast, we're hearing from Lucy, a singer-songwriter from LA who started using her voice for justice. So she spoke to Chris about following the call of uh, justice and the importance of vulnerability, which links into Brené Brown, actually, because that's mm. what her book was about. It's about vulnerability. That. Yeah, it's we like, I, it's stuff, like I knew it. <laughs> totally set it up. <laughs> this is podcast recording. It is most professional. Um, but before we move on to that interview with Lucy, it's time for the showstopper. The, the moment everybody has been waiting for all week, all fortnight. Cat. <laughs> Hit us with cat's questions. I feel like the build-up of it every single episode just <laughs> makes me really nervous because I feel like I just I don't know when we're gonna end this. Are we gonna carry on? Or because I just feel like this is gonna I don't know. But it um, never ends. Kat. Never ends. It never ends. Okay. Well, today I have a question relating to your morning routine or evening routine i hope you do both so when you brush your teeth <laughs> um and you apply your toothpaste on the toothbrush is your toothbrush dry or wet wait say it again so so if you when you apply the toothpaste onto a toothbrush is your toothbrush wet or dry basically do you wet your toothbrush before you put your toothpaste on it so my toothbrush is always dry. I always apply water after the toothpaste. Yeah, that's what, ah. I, always do. That's what I do. Is there an alternative way of doing it? Yeah, because I do complete opposite. Really? Yes, yeah, so yeah, I wet have. Than dry. You have to wet it before you put the toothpaste on. What do you then wet do? it again? I don't know. It just, I just, it just makes sense. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. How can you apply something onto dry toothbrush? I just don't get it. <laughs> no, but then, then it's, nothing's dry after you put the toothpaste and the water on. No, but no, but it's some some of the toothbrush is covered by the toothpaste, so just putting dry toothbrush in your mouth. <laughs> I no, feel like it lays what? it lays good foundations for the toothpaste <laughs> to be applied onto a toothbrush. But 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 I'm so I have a. <laughs> Do you have, I have a, a dry tooth toothbrush? No, wait, Dan. Do you have a toothbrush and water dispenser? <laughs> Do I have what? I have a toothbrush dispenser. What a toothpaste dispenser? <laughs> no, I just have a normal tube. 
we still have, I have to wet it before? I wet it afterwards. No. So when I go to brush my teeth, the toothbrush is wet, but it's also the toothpaste that is wet. Yeah. This, this, can I just say, this is why I love Cat's questions, because <laughs> not, not only are they, um, they have a level of simplicity to them, you also discover that, that there's a whole another way that something can be done that you didn't know before, which is now really offensive to you. Well, it, well, it is. And I think I just, I, it just doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. I just think... I don't know. I guess for me, I just see it as like it's a bit of a fresh awakening for the toothbrush to get a bit of water. <laughs> Why does a toothbrush need a fresh awakening? Because it's been sitting there for 12 like a spiritual hours. Moment. It's been sitting there for 12 hours and then you're putting toothpaste on it. I feel like it needs a bit of a rinse. I feel like this is the kind of um, everyday man's equivalent of the scone or scone um dilemma of jam or cream first oh, well, dan you that's, can't be bringing these the... things in because i could have <laughs> used that as my, one of my questions <laughs> See, you can't be bringing extra questions in because you're using them up for me <laughs> did you have that one stored up maybe for a future but you'll never episode. know now you'll never know yeah so maybe that's what this is Tooth, toothbrush water toothpaste is is the equivalent of jam or cream first on scone also sorry relating to the toothpaste question if you know when you um so when you apply the toothpaste and it drops what do you do Mm -hmm. do you do you scoop it or do you get fresh batch um depends like how clean (laughs) my sink is at the time (laughs) like if i've just shaved then like or not fully shaved but trimmed the beard a bit and that's going straight down the plug hole. I'm not trying to put my own beard hair in my mouth. That's a bit weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a, an odd turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have the same, actually. I mean, my beard, my isolation beard, uh, all these weeks in. Um, you guys haven't mentioned it, actually. Can you not see? I think it's the camera quality. Yeah, yeah that must be it. Yeah. That must be it. Yeah, my camera makes um, all facial hair just seem a bit wispy and, yeah, uh, no, it looks, it looks great. and non-existent. You almost look like Santa Claus now. <laughs> exactly. Great, Kat. Thank you so much for another inspiring um, edition of, of Kat's questions. Um, let us know what you think, guys. Do you wet the toothbrush first or do you put toothpaste on? Head to We Are Tear Fund on Instagram because we are going to be waiting 24 7 for you to tell us which approach you take. It's that important. Also, uh, let me now, know. It's... Give me some suggestions as well. Because Suggestions of what? For the questions. Because. Oh, I'm running out, and <laughs> so the boys don't have access to social media. So if you send in and DM we are tier fund, I will receive them and I will ask them. Yeah, and you will have cats. Cats, thanks, and we will read your question out and credit you on the podcast during cats questions. What an honour! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, now it's time to hear from Lucy and Chris's conversation with her. I live in Los Angeles, California, and I am a musician. I sing, and I write, and I play guitar, and so... Awesome. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, it's only been about four years. Um, I used to be really, really scared of singing, 
mm-hmm. and um, being in front of anyone. <laughs> and um, it was just, I felt like a call that God wouldn't leave me alone about. <laughs> just kept on, hey, you're going to do music. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. He's like, yes, you are. I'm like, nope. <laughs> and so um, over the years, you know, my brother has been a huge uh person in this journey and my pastor and my my family and Mm. so they all kind of encouraged me and then one point I was just like okay god yeah go do it (laughs) so obviously you had like a faith before you started doing music how how did that come about did you what's your church background what's your your faith background yeah so I grew up in the church except I you know by the time high school hit i was a Christian, but I didn't live at all in the way uh-huh. that, uh, you know, that the Lord has called us to. So, like most teenagers, kind of correct. Yeah, I was extremely rebellious in yeah. high school, and so, um, I actually uh, there were a lot of things that went on, but, um, right as high school's ending, my friend group got into really weird situations, and so I wanted to stop drinking and smoking and stuff like that. And I actually pretended that I was, like, (laughs) high and stuff. I don't know if I can say that, but whatever. I would, like, pretend that I was doing those things when I was still around my friends, but I wanted something different for a while. So um, at that point, I actually signed myself up to be a part of the Navy or the Armed Reserves um, to just get away. I wanted to do something meaningful meaningful with my life, but I felt like I had nothing to offer. So. I signed myself up and my brother found out and he was living in Los Angeles at the time and he calls me and he's like, hey, you like music. You should move to LA. And I was like, what? I don't (laughs) sing. I don't write. Like the last time I sang. So you didn't even sing really before then? No. The last time I sang was eighth grade. So I I don't know where he got that from. It was like (laughs) he made that up. So I was like, I hated my life and I hated where I was at Mm. so much that um, I was like, I lied to him and I said, okay, yeah, like I'll do music out there <laughs> with were... no intention to do music. <laughs> just thought, right, it's a Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to leave. And so um, so I was like, okay, fine. So I, I moved to LA. And I remember right before I moved to LA, I asked, I had this moment with God where I was like, okay, God, if I move to LA, my life is yours. Mm. So you can do whatever you want with my life. Mm. And he's like, great, awesome. So I moved to L.A. And that was really the beginning of my walk with God in, in uh, the truest sense. I, I joined an internship with my church. And mm. really, it's just been an amazing journey so far. So That's so interesting because I feel like the, the kind of stereotypical story is that you go to L.A. to chase your dreams and it's all about you. Exactly. And like trying to rise up <laughs> through, the system, through the Hollywood system or whatever. You were just like, no, this is me going to God. Yeah, Did it people, was very was interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Before moving to L.A., I lived in um, Michigan, which is a little bit more conservative mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. So my church there, they, the people that I was kind of close to, they were like, do not move to L.A. <laughs> they honestly were trying to scare me from moving to L.A. They were yeah. like, there's earthquakes, you're going to die. And um, I was like, no, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. And... um yeah, it was a complete opposite experience from mm. from what they told me. I was I'm way better off in LA yeah. than I was there. So. We still love Michigan though. If you're listening yeah. from Michigan, um, <laughs> yes, it's maybe. <laughs> um, so you're doing music. You you moved to LA. You're now doing music. You're doing an internship. How did 
that decision to kind of be like, I want to live for you, God? How did that influence the art you were making or the music that you were doing? So I started doing music and I was just really writing whatever came to me. Mm. Um, I I didn't realize this at the time, but I it's it's pretty easy for me to write songs. So mm. I didn't really think about it too much. It was kind of after people were like, this is good. Yeah. That I was like, oh, cool. Like <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't know, yeah, you know, I was yeah. just doing it. And so my my life, you know, I have done my best and I'm not perfect at all, but I've really wanted to seek God and wanted to see God. And so it was less about art and then God. It was like, my life is God. So Mm. anything I do should represent the Lord. You know what I mean? And I want that. And so I never really separated the two. I Mm. write, you know, people will say Christian music or non-Christian music. Mm. And I'm like, Music can't be Christian, hmm. so only people can. So if yeah. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm singing a song, then I'm I believe and I expect that the Lord is going to move through that. Yeah. And obviously, you check in with the Lord, and sometimes I'm like, <laughs> let's not sing that, let's not say that, you yeah, know. Yeah. But that's the walk with that's the walk with God. It's like you check in with Him yeah. about everything. So I write quote unquote non Christian music. Yeah. Um, I write a lot of pop stuff, which I love. Yeah. Um, but all of my stuff is, you know, in hopes that I will be able to share my story. And, and God uh, showed me just recently, you know, I have a call to vulnerability. And mm, so being vulnerable in front of a group of people, if I'm at a bar in L.A. Yeah. and I'm over here like, this happened to me, this this is going on in my life, and, yeah. and I have found hope in this, like, that's not normal, yeah, you know, yeah, but that's exactly. what I believe I'm supposed to do. So. Yeah, a couple of things that I'm packing that, which I thought was really interesting. One, like that, I like you said, the idea of like there being quote unquote Christian music or not. It's like you wouldn't really put that in other like jobs, right? You wouldn't be like, I'm a Christian plumber, exactly. Like, I'm, a, I'm <laughs> just a plumber, and I'm a good. I, like, I try to be a good person while I do that. Yeah, so exactly. So where do you think that kind of that debate kind of comes from? That kind of like you you need to. I don't know, it's weird. I don't even know what people want. Yeah, I just, I, that, this is a whole conversation, but honestly, I just think that's a, you know, the religious side of, of all of this, mm. you know, where um, we miss out on the relationship part of what God intended for us, mm. you know, where we're so focused on what to do and what not to do mm. that we just kind of, we get lost in all the rules and all the things and, um you know, some people really shouldn't sing secular music. Some <laughs> yeah. I don't. There are times where I really can't listen to it because mm. it, it affects us. No matter what, even if it's a fun song or we mm. think we're not affected, we are all affected by everything we see and hear. And yeah. so, again, it just goes. In my opinion, it just goes all back to relationship with God. It's like, hey, God, like a friend or yeah. like a you know, yeah. I'm asking like a dad. I'm asking God, hey. Do you is this good for me? Is mm. this gonna is this gonna feed me to do everything that you've called me to do? Mm. Yes, no, no. Okay, then I won't do it. And sometimes he doesn't answer because like he's like, What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not always just like God just telling me what to do. It's like now we have a relationship. Mm. You think about any casual relationship that you have, and that's mm. how it is. It's like, you know, God. I, I have actually done this in the past and I didn't feel good. I, I felt fine about doing that. But right now my spirit is just telling me like, 
God has something else for me. And that, I could go on and on, but, yeah. you know, it goes, it, you know, when you start walking with the Lord, things are not about you anymore. So mm. now it's like, now it's not just like, is this song good for me to listen to or not? Now it's like, instead of listening to the song, God, is there anything else I should be doing? Mm. Yeah. What if he has something for me in his word that I should be doing? Or what if there's someone down the street or on the, on the street yeah. that needs, you know what I mean? So if I'm so focused on just like me and rules and blah, 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 like we're going to miss mm. it, you know? And so it, it just goes way beyond like what you should and shouldn't do. It's like, do you yeah. have a relationship with yeah. God? That's probably the core of it. The most important thing for sure. And, you know, I just want to pick up on something you said earlier, talking about vulnerability. Is that something that you see lacking in, I guess, our generation or in within church or outside of church? Like, why why do you feel God is calling you into that space? I do think it's lacking. It's scary, mm. you know. Um, I think it's lacking everywhere in the church and out of the church. And I didn't really know that until I started performing, I think God just gave me like a natural thing where I'm just mm. kind of open and not real. like I'll say things that Christians will be like, Oh my God. <laughs> she really said that. Is she, you know, she, what? you know, so it's like, whatever, like, you know, mm. so I've kind of just been like that naturally. I've, I've always been growing up. I was such a rebel. And so mm. I always kind of say whatever I want to say, yeah. or, you know, ask the Lord, of course, but <laughs> whatever you get what I'm saying. So, um, when I started performing in L.A., um, again, I didn't think of anything of it, but people would respond like, wow, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable. And I was mm. like, oh, this isn't a thing? Like, mm. we don't do that? Mm. Okay. And and I when I started hearing other performers, it's just very superficial and, like, again, just all about them. So I just realized it wasn't really like I did anything special to me it was like I realized that God has given me a gift for being able to go in a room and capture their attention and share a story that people resonate with whether it is their story or not and it just it it does something it moves something in the room and I'm grateful for that and um so yeah, I'm, I'm still figuring out what to do with that exactly, yeah. but I just know I have to just keep singing and keep writing. Hi everyone, I'm just going to quickly interrupt to let you know about an exciting opportunity that you can be a part of and a challenge that I have just completed. So for the last two weeks, I've been climbing my stairs to the equivalent height of Kilimanjaro. So that is roughly 140 climbs of my stairs, 13 steps in my staircase. So 140 a day for two weeks and I have reached the summit of Kilimanjaro. The reason I've done that is to raise money for Tear Fund in helping people live in poverty as they face the challenges of the coronavirus. 
So it's hit us hard here, but in countries where the welfare or the healthcare isn't to the same standard, coronavirus has a much more devastating impact. It's difficult to know what to do when we're all stuck inside, but the climb is a challenge that you can take part of to raise vital funds that will go towards Tear Fund's work. So head to tearfund.org to find out more. Choose a mountain that you would like to climb. There's a number of different options depending on your fitness level. Choose the time that you're going to take the challenge on and encourage your friends and family to sponsor you to join you to take the challenge as well as we make a difference whilst in lockdown now back to the interview and i, I guess one sort of from that outside from what i can see one direction that that's kind of taking you in is a bit of this justice journey that you that you're kind of embarking on you want to speak on that and just how that's kind of creeping into your art and how did they how did you even get influenced by in that in the first place yeah um I am so new to this. Mm. I don't feel qualified to be here, to mm. be honest with you. My friend Micah is like hardcore <laughs> justice guy, and I'm like just here, you know. And so the first way I'll put it is Micah has helped me realize that my life, because of my culture and stuff like that, I have experienced uh, justice issues, which I wasn't aware of. Mm. So that's that. But then also, um, you know, the best way I can explain it is I've been here. I've been around these people. I'll go to these gigs with Micah and I'll hear him talk about it. And I'm like, God, I don't I don't have the knowledge and I don't have the experience on talking about these things. Mm -hmm. And yet you're putting me in these situations that I'm just like, you know, I went to a show in New York and I sang a song and um it like opened a, a door again vulnerability to mm. these women coming up to me afterwards crying and like just I didn't ask them anything they just pour out their story and mm. I'm like overwhelmed mm. with how is it possible that people go through this and are going through this right now and I'm so naive and I'm so unaware and, you know, like, mm. God, I'm sorry, but, like, thank you for showing me now. Mm. And, um, ugh, it's just heartbreaking, but I'm like, what do I do now? Mm. And God's like, you keep singing. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that going to do? Mm. Honestly, I've asked that so many times. Like, God, what is that going to do? And he's like, just trust me. Like, I'll show you. Mm. Um, but I think it just goes back to vulnerability. You open a door up and then, you know, I'm believing that God's going to continue to equip me to mm. provide resources or, you know, different uh, ways of bringing healing to these people. But yeah. the first step is let's just talk about it. Mm. People feel alone. People feel like they can't talk about it to anybody. Mm. And they just want to know that someone's there to listen or someone can understand in any way, like, so that's just that's my part right now and yeah. I'm I'm amazed to see that God is opening up. He really does equip you mm. when he's called you to something and I actually just had a conversation with somebody where they where I was I was like, you know, why me? Like God, why me? Why are you choosing mm. me to be here? Like again, I don't feel qualified and all this stuff. Yeah. So and and it was so powerful because, and I'm so glad that happened right before this because <laughs> it helped me understand where it's like, it's not you. Yeah. It's all of us. 
it's every single one of us is called to this. Mm. And that's so amazing because, um, again, when you go on this journey with God, he'll take you through different, you know, levels almost of revealing himself. And I've been begging God to show me more of who he is. And like, God, this can't be it. Like, I want to go on another level with you. And careful what you ask for, because (laughs) once you ask him, he will definitely give that to you. And so I've been seeking him. And then I find myself here and I'm like, God, what am I doing here? And he's like, you asked for this. Mm. This is who I am. This is my heart. Now I'm showing you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think, you know, it's really, like, it's funny because you talk about, you know, being vulnerable. And right now I feel like you're being very vulnerable. <laughs> but I just feel like it's within your nature. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? I just... Um, but I think it's so important because, you know, we have a lot of people on this podcast. Like, Mike has been on this podcast before. And when I interviewed him, I was sitting there just like, wow, Scott, yeah, he knows the stuff. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? we're, we're here at the He's talk- read every book. You're exactly. like, what? And we're here at the Justice Conference right now. And there's incredible people here who have been doing this work for the, for years who have like a level of theology and not even and I don't want to put it in a way of like God gave it to them. These people worked hard of course. to like learn this stuff. And so there's so many times where you can be like, what am I doing? Or like you said, almost that imposter syndrome comes over and you're like, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be in this space. Yeah. But I think what's so important, like you said, is that, you know, you follow God's call and you you see where that takes you. And it's important to remember, you know, especially for people listening that you don't have to be the finished package to to go on this journey, to to care about justice, to seek out God's heart. You can do that from wherever you're at, and that's fine. And Absolutely. yeah, you might look back in a few years and go, wow, I was really saying some stupid stuff. <laughs> but you were saying something. Absolutely. I mean, okay, it seems like this is a theme now, because when I started music, I was terrified, and I I hated my voice. I mm. mean, it was like, I hated my voice. I didn't know if I could write. I mm probably couldn't you know it's like terrible and I remember God was like you need to perform and sign yourself up and Mm. I was like you know what whatever (laughs) like we're here so I um I did I signed myself up to perform at this little cafe and I had a 30 minute slot and I literally sang for like 12 minutes I sang everything so fast because I was terrified it was terrible it was a terrible experience (laughs) Um, I messed up everything. I can't sing. And I asked, I remember I asked God, I was like, Hey God, I hate my voice. So if you're going to ask me to do something, I don't know why you're asking me to do something that I literally can't do, Mm. but if you're going to ask me to do it, I'm going to do it anyways. So my prayers are kind of ridiculous, but I was like, Hey God, can you like send angels to sing for me so that that's what they hear, even though that's not mm. what's coming out of my mouth. Mm. Um, and he's probably like, this girl, you know, it's <laughs> crazy. But um, that was my faith. That was like, if God has called me to something, he's going to provide everything, yeah. even the actual ability to do it. Mm. And so now thinking about that is like, that's kind of where I am again. I'm yeah. scared. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Okay, God, provide the resources, you know, I need to put in work too. So provide the books that I need to Mm. read and provide the people and um, he will. 
yeah. he will do that, you know. For sure. So I love that idea of ridiculous prayers. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with a ridiculous prayer. You know, like what's the most ridiculous prayer you've oh ever gosh, prayed? Oh gosh, what a question! <laughs> I don't even know. Probably I don't know something when I was younger. Something stupid like give me like I don't know like 20 grand in like a day or something it's like what am I doing to really do that do you know what I mean yeah exactly I don't know but yeah I'll try I'll try to think of like a, a lovely example <laughs> um, but uh, you so you've worked with Micah quite a lot uh, recently how important is collaboration to you uh, especially in regards to like working towards justice I mean it's the reason I'm here mm. you know I was joking where I was like Micah I didn't do anything to get here Literally, I just, Micah did everything. He mm. had the connections. He just told me when to get on the airplane, and that's what I did. Mm. And so, obviously, that's not always how that works. But you have to acknowledge also that I did put in a lot of work writing with him, all those mm-hmm. sessions that we've had writing, and all of the hard conversations that we've had. You know, I've had so many hard conversations with Micah. So, I guess I would say. It's important. I think it's just community. That's such a church word, but community is ultimately relationships, mm. right? So I think we have to get better at being in relationship with people. So mm. I don't know if I should say this, but whatever. So Micah is so annoying to me. <laughs> he bothers me so much. We are like frenemies, like yeah. love him, but oh my gosh, Micah is just crazy (laughs) yeah so um but that's literally what it is it's I have to learn how to be in relationship with him in this music Mm. you know world which obviously music is very intimate and very personal so you're going into deep personal issues in your own life and writing about it Mm. so it's vulnerability I guess but um I have to learn we have to learn how to communicate to each other Mm. you know um and I feel like that is the problem with the church is that, for example, if Micah bothers me and I don't tell him, then I feel offended all day. Mm. I feel like Micah thinks this of me, Micah thinks that of me. And then And then I can't work with him yeah. because I'm just frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm, you know, sad or whatever, whatever I'm feeling. And he has no idea. So he's just going to keep being annoying. And he doesn't know (laughs) that anything's wrong. So now take that to, I guess, a more serious issue where we're in the church and we people are offending us all the time. Mm. So now we're in the church and we're offended. What do we do? We don't talk about it. Mm. We don't deal with it. So that's one situation. You go to another church. Same thing happens. You go to another church. You Mm. go to your job. You go to, you literally go anywhere and people are offending you. And now it's just intensifying because you have so much hurt and pain built up that now you're just a bit, you don't even know where to begin. You're so offended. Somebody, then your friend says one little thing and you're crying. Why? Because somebody 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Just like it's building up. So going back to art and collaborating is I cannot make honest music if I'm not honest with somebody and Mm. I cannot be honest with somebody if I have all this pain and and hurt I cannot bring healing to people if I'm coming from a place of pain and hurt Mm. and shame and all of that stuff is trapped inside of us because we cannot communicate with people Mm. so it's a huge issue 
you know, it's a big cycle. Yeah. And I, I just feel like the root, if I'm trying to find a root issue is like, we don't know how to be in relationship with people. Mm. The basics of communication, we don't know how to do that. Yeah. We don't know how to address the things that are going on inside of us. And then that goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you think about, this is a touchy, you know, thing to talk about, but like, think about someone in jail, right? Mm. They're in jail because they did something wrong. So there's a victim and then there's that person. Yeah. Yes, we're we're all fighting for the victim like yes, we need justice. Mm. But the same in the same regard, this person was also a victim. Yeah. The person who did something to somebody else is also a victim. We hear all the time hurt people hurt people. Yeah, yeah. So, if you think about it like that, then it's like I'm not justifying what they did, but there is grace for that person too because yeah. when they were young, Something happened to them that they never dealt with. Mm. They could never talk about. So it's li- it's literally a cycle that we're going in. Yeah. So yeah. if someone doesn't talk about whatever's going on, then we're just going to keep going in the cycle. Yeah. So. And it's amazing because I feel like it puts like a perfect bow on this because it goes back again to vulnerability and honesty and actually the power and strength in doing that in a relationship is that, make, like you said, then you're able to work with people, then you're able to push forward. So yeah, I think that's just like a great message and really want to thank you for your time. Yes. Um, if people want to check out your music or just see your thoughts, where can we find you? So uh, my Instagram is just Lucy, um, J-U-S-T-L-U-C-E-E. Um, Micah Borne, also you should follow him because he's amazing. And so right now I only have music out with him on his previous album. We're currently working on... Um, putting all of our new songs together and releasing that this year so follow us and uh, stay up on our journey it was great hearing that from lucy what stood out to you guys i think um just listening to the conversation she just strikes me as someone who's been like so open to whatever god is like putting in front of her and I think that is like a great attitude to have for life and in particular, you know, when we're thinking about how we can make the world a better place. Actually, we could go alone and just kind of think, oh, this is what I'm doing. But actually keeping yourself open also means, you know, doing your homework, reading up on issues, learning about the solutions and then allowing God to use you through that knowledge as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the bit that stood out to me was um, talking about how we all have a a part to play. Um, So God hasn't just called us, he's called us together. And we talk about that a lot in in other podcasts and in articles on the website, through social media. But it obviously links into the uh, Bible verse in 1 Corinthians where it's talking about the church being a body and um, us all playing a different part and that part being unique and necessary. And so I think if we if we ever really want to make progress, in um, in fighting injustice and in changing the world, we have to recognise that we're not just all trying to be the same, and we're not just looking at uh, what 
social media values as, as the right way to live or the right skills to have or the right personality to be. We're accepting who we are and who God has made us. And because of that and the difference that we share, we're more powerful than if we were all the same. Yeah, I love where she was talking about our vulnerability as well. I think it's such a powerful tool that I think a lot of people will use unintentionally and unknowingly. And that's when I think is the most powerful. And I think there isn't enough credit given to that because actually when, I guess, seeing it from a personal perspective, I feel like whenever you're vulnerable with a friend, they will open up back to you. You can't expect to go in and be like, tell me everything what's going on in your life. Um, and I think we can use that when we talk about justice is actually sharing our vulnerable side of what what kind of things have we experienced where maybe um, it hasn't been so just and you know how those experiences can speak a lot more than just saying I care about justice you should care about it too I think it's a really great foundation for just relationship building and I think everything that we do is um, all about relationships um, with you know with God with other people with ourselves with the planet and if we're not vulnerable in those situations in those relationships um, then they're so far that they can go yeah definitely so that brings us to the end of this episode thank you everyone for listening in we'll be back again on the 11th of May where we'll be hearing from pastor and founder of One Day's Wages Eugene Cho One Day's Wages is a grassroots movement seeking to alleviate extreme poverty and he's a really interesting guy with a lot to say so make sure you tune into that if you enjoyed today's episode hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund.